Hello, my name is Hirsch, and welcome to the Hirsch Hit Show. Well, a little bit about it. You're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you'll probably cuss at me, but that's alright. I just want to bring to you the realization of what's really going on in this world that a lot of people are afraid to speak of. Enjoy! something is doggone wrong. Because yeah. I can't come back to my house after dealing with bullshit outside <laughs> and then I got to come back and deal with more, more bullshit. That's some, no hell, fuck no. How you say it? How you say it? <laughs> I come back in the house and I... <laughs> oh, y'all. Okay, so just for a start to rewind a little bit, <laughs> this week on the Her Shit Show, we're actually talking about your house being your sanctuary and dealing with PTSD. And PTSD is not just uh, combat related. Yeah. PTSD can stem from any type of trauma that you have faced in your life. Yep. But your house mm -hmm. is your sanctuary. Your mm -hmm. sacred place. And if you are walking in your house shooting birds or just yep. walking in the soon as you pull in the driveway, you like, you cool. You cool. PTSD is really just that, but you have to realize it. Mm-hmm. You have to realize it. But so, most of us don't because no. you know, like like I told you, like me, I like shit, I'm self-medicated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's serious, isn't it? And that actually, but people that are self-medicated, if you can't control that self-medication, right. that's when it turns into something, into something else. You know what I'm saying? Like uh like I was telling you outside, I was like, uh I thought they gave me a military psychiatrist and shit. And then I'm going up in there, and this girl, she is doggone, she got to be 20. 12 years old. Yeah, you did. She's like 24, 25, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Pretty little young lady, but I'm sitting up there, I'm like, hi, I got a daughter older than you. How the fuck you going to fix this? Yeah. How you going to fix me? So, you know what I'm saying? Especially in, in the psychiatrist world, they need to do better research on your situation and have somebody and that place you with that, someone. Yeah. Because, like we discussed over the phone, mm. I didn't know you was military. Damn. You know what I'm saying? But you knew I was military. Yeah. Because of our mutual friends, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Our family. So, it's, it's, it comes down to it. You only want to talk to individuals that have been in that situation. You did. So Even in childhood, with, with childhood trauma, mm -hmm. you don't want to sit. The first thing they ask you anytime you go to any type of psychiatrist or mental health specialist is, let's talk about your childhood. Mm -hmm. right. Like, that's not what I came here for. I want to talk about right now, but it really does root back. It stems all the way back to your inner child. It they does. Were, they were like, do you have, um, do you feel like you want to hurt yourself? I was like, I was like, I love me some me. I love me. <laughs> yeah. You know but not saying? everybody does. You know, but it's like, I'm not going to sit up here and goddamn put a barrel in my motherfucking mouth ahead and blow my brains out. Yeah. No, I love me. I was like, but I do at times sit up here and be like, what if I wasn't here? Yeah. And you know that's actually saying? suicidal ideation. You that stems back to what that. What if I wasn't here? Yeah. Now, I know for sure 100% I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. You know, but 
in, in other people's situations, they put themselves into places where they can be killed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they want to go. That's like people that do suicide by cop. Yeah, the SBC, yeah. Suicide by cop. People have, they have gotten to a point to where... They can't kill themselves. But they want somebody else to do it. Yeah, they put themselves... And they'll they'll do a situation. There has been many of situations that we've seen where they... I know of one specifically. The Joker jumped up on top of the car and started digging in his pants on purpose because he assumed that the cops was going to shoot him. And that's not what went down. Right. He he didn't have the right cop there that day. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, and, and that means he's still... But he had the right cops there that day. Right. They got him down. And, mm. you know, yeah, he's in prison. You know what I'm saying? But you're still alive. Right. Because, it, look, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. A motherfucker who wants to kill themselves, they don't play. They're not going to talk about it. They, they do not My play. My little brother, for for example, I, I, I have no quarrels or... or Standoffness of speaking on my personal experiences, mm-hmm. and my little brother committed suicide. Wow! We didn't even see you coming. You didn't no, see it coming. Yeah, no. I got the phone call that he was gone. He he. he That's because gone. we. It took that doggone moment right there of the loss of your brother for us to understand that we we are really not paying attention. We are really not paying enough attention because there were cries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There were cries for help. You know what I'm saying? But everybody has Everybody's so much busy. going on with their own self that they can't out, they can't notice someone else. You know, I, w- I was at work and I swear this shit tripped me the hell out because this was my first suicide. Well, no, it was my second. But this one right here, I was at work. Now, every Friday, I had doggone started me and the boys going up to this little bar. We having a couple, a couple of beers. So now it turned into after Friday, we wasn't going to go out. We were going to do a Saturday because of the Georgia. Georgia game. So we go up there and we watch the game. Go dogs. I just had to throw that in there. That's right. All right. I'm cool with the college. All right. All right. Another Sunday. We're going to get on that later. But anyway, so we up there and we, we have, we have a good time and everything. So the game over, everybody gone, going to the perspective wherever they're going to go. And oh boy, he was like, Hey man, so where are you going? And I remember this. I rewound this story. Yeah. Because Monday, when it came into work, they was like, you know, the boss came in and he was like, hey, you know, John, he was like, he's not going to be coming in today. He was like, he killed himself. Mm. And I was like, and I remember that Saturday, he asked every one of us what we were going to do. He needed somebody that He wanted to keep it going. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He asked every last one of us. And I know I, I knew I had something to do. Everybody else had something to do. And that was the last time we saw him. And he didn't, dog, I'm talking about he Kurt Cobain, his shit. He did not play with it. You know, he, he sat down on the dog on, on the, on the 12 gauge on the shotgun and blew it out. And, you know, closed casket, everything. But do you know how deep the pain must be? Right. Like, you understand? And that was his last cry. Yeah. Like, and don't take it literally. It's not. No, it's like, what are you doing? What, what you about to do? You know what I'm saying? And that's gonna stick with you forever. That's yeah. that sticks with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so saying? So now when somebody comes to you and says, "So what are you doing later yeah. today, or what are we about to do?" Well, I, I pay that shit attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But unfortunately, that situation has that to happen for me to. Have know. you ever been in a situation like that, where somebody really needed somebody and you, you just were unattentive to yeah. it? You know, you didn't you didn't recognize it, you didn't catch it. 
Um, to an extent, but yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? There's only only go so far with it. And it's yeah. Like, they hand up. They don't want to be helped. You can't force it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But most of the time, nine times out of ten, and what I've noticed, um, because I've I've dealt with a few situations, even in my job now. Mm-hmm. You know, just talking to people on the phone, you could hear it in their mm-hmm. voice. And before my little brother committed suicide, I was very attentive to other situations. You know what I mean? I was always, because I've always been a protector. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know, so it, but there are some things, some situations you can't, right. but when you, you can't stop when it. You're around, uh, uh, I mean, did you have the the luxury of being around a lot or no, when then when I was gone in the military, so from my mom's house, we would we would meet up, you know, Easter and Labor Day. That was the two times that we met up or whatever. And that Easter, it was crazy. Like I had this gut feeling I was not going to see my little brother no more. But it's like it was like a premonition, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was man, whatever, you know, just brushing it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was always drunk and happy and the life of the party and fell into yeah. a wheelbarrow. And the next morning, it was like. Why you let he went up to to my home girl was like why you let that wheelbarrow whoop my ass you know so he it wasn't he didn't skip a beat right he didn't skip a beat so like but even growing up he would always say that I wish I wasn't here or you know you know things like that and we'd be mm-hmm. like man you know it's like the boy that cried wolf right it was like Brad just you're drunk that's it the boy right. cried yeah that's it's the like you're, you're, you're drunk, drunk whatever and then mm-hmm. the following week I got that phone call yeah you know. It, it happens, but it, people need to take mental health seriously. Yeah, for real. Now, if you got a 12-year-old in there with a, a fake diploma, you know, <laughs> find yeah. somebody that suits what you've been through. Or right. they're comfortable with where you can vent. Yeah. Because right. I've had some, I walk in and they end up kicking off their shoes and sitting on the couch and I end up becoming their dog on there. <laughs> it's like, it's not what I came here for. Well, That's, you, can't, you can't have nobody who did two and three tours, you know what I'm saying, and then sit up here with a 25-year-old who just got her degree. It's like yeah. that, that don't... That's very unbalanced. That's, not, yeah. They don't <clears throat> not work, you know what I'm saying? You can't take that person seriously. Like, but you also have to admit to yourself. Right. But even at that point, you admitted that... I got a problem. Yeah, and she can't fix it. Yeah. So you that's where you find somebody else. Yeah, yeah. But you have to right. find somebody else. Right. Don't just say, F it, that, I'm that, done, probably. that's it, that's all. Right. You've got to, if you really do need that individual to vent to that's outside of your circle. Yeah, and then by being a military psychiatrist, you're supposed to stick a person with a military psychiatrist. Listen, right before <laughs> I got out, before, before I was pretty much told I had to retire. They sent me to a dude that was in the Navy. He was a mental health specialist. And he kept trying to get me to stand back to my childhood. And I'm looking at him like, bruh, my childhood is what made me. I'm an adult now. I'm grown. You know, I understand what happened during my childhood. I've coped with what happened. And I forgave those that brought me harm in my childhood. Talk about right now. Right now. (laughs) Like, I've been overseas six times. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't, the crazy part is, it doesn't bother you while you're deployed. Hell no. You're there. You're doing the mission. You're going with the flow. It doesn't hit you until six months after returning. I've noticed that. A lot of people, about six months after returning, you're, the excitement has gone away that you're back home. Mm-hmm. The the realization of reality is setting in. Right. 
And it goes to a point of, I started seeing trees in the middle of the highways, bro. Like, I would see people walk by that's not there. I would just, and I started treating my son like he was my soldier. That's when I knew right. something's wrong. I'm not mommy. Right. I'm the soldier. Indeed. Constantly. Everything's got to be so serious right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And I had to admit to myself yeah. that I needed to go yeah, get some help. <laughs> yeah, we got to goddamn lay this shit out. Yeah. Because it was like, I was, when I was over there, um, I was in Saudi Arabia, and we stayed in Cobalt Towers. Y'all can look it up. In 95, they, they, the same doggone checkpoint that we got to go through every doggone day. Mm -hmm. And I went for, for the past, what, five, six months, and it was like, right, right at the end of my tour, we getting ready to go back, go back uh, to Germany. So I'm going back, to, we're getting ready to go back to Germany, and they blew up Cobar Towers. So it was like, and they blew up the doggone building right where we lived at. Mm. So it was, and I'm talking about the whole, it left a crater in the fucking ground, and the whole building is just demolished. And you can see motherfuckers doggone digging through rocks and everything, and then, and, hey, sorry, we found one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, that sticks with you. That's that. Man, come on. And and I I I I doggone I brushed that shit the fuck off. Yeah. I, I brushed that off because truth of the matter is you so happy that it ain't you. Yeah. You continue pushing. Yeah. You keep on pushing. But then them them doggone flashes. Yep. Them damn flashes that hit your ass and you see all you see is that rubble, you know, twisted iron and concrete. The smell. You know, a mm -hmm. leg sticking out here or some shit like that, man. And it's like and so, but you know. Now, now you're able to talk about it. How right. long did it take you to be able to talk about it? Well, hell, this twenty nineteen, this twenty twenty one, and that shit happened in ninety five. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So it's like, and I done talked about it with maybe two people, and, and both of them my brothers. Yeah. Because, um, because in my in my family, military was the norm. Yeah. You do know what I'm saying? Grandfather in World War Two. Daddy in Korea, Vietnam, and then uh, my mama, my mom's went to, my mom's went, she got activated to go to Desert Storm, but she didn't, she didn't she go. Didn't go. And then I went to Desert Shield. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I went to Desert Shield. And so my brother, he went to the Marines. And it was like, so my, uh, my aunt, she was, she was Army. It was like military was the military background was yeah. there, so it wasn't it wasn't no big thing for yeah. me to go in. Once I got in that motherfucker, I was like, nigga, what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Let me tell you. Then the hold up, one more thing before I, I don't mean you just gonna take over the her shit yeah. show. Go ahead. One more like in basic training. Mm -hmm. So shit, nothing like this happened in basic training. So they got the live fire. That's when the dude. They yeah, tell you that's at the end. Do Don't stand, stand up. up. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of basic training, you do a night infiltration course. It is like right before your graduation, because when you finish the night infiltration course, you're you're headed on that long road march back to your barracks, and you're done, right? Yeah. And it's literally live, live fire. fire. You're having to low crawl up under barbed wire. They uh -huh. want to put you in a combat zone situation. Right. To see how you're going to be able to handle the situation. So, so now, that, so now we 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 doing all that. So another battery, they do it, and one of the one of the, one of the dog uh, soldiers get killed. 
the M60, because you know it's on the tripod, one of the doggone screws had them vibrated loose and the 60 dip. Oh, and it dipped down? And it dipped. Oh, shit. So that one, it went, cloop, it caught it through the neck. So we hear about this later, but then they come to me, they come to me because he hadn't even got his dress greens issued. So they asked me for my motherfucking name tag off of my dress greens because he had my same last name, White. Mm -hmm. So they asked me for, I was like, they was like, yeah, they was like, now you go to the phone right now and you call your parents because they have yeah. had instances of yeah. miscommunication. So they, that's they when you might, had to stand in line to wait on the paper right. phone. So with now the I got to call my dog mm -hmm. on family and be like, Hey, I was like, look, if you do get a call saying that I have died or whatever, it, wasn't it, me. it was not me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not me. One of the other soldiers with my last name has died. Mm -hmm. You know, and they was like, Okay, thank you. Let, thank you for letting us know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it was like all of this shit, and this was in the first fucking two months. Yeah, because it was only <laughs> an eight week basic. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so listen, in Iraq, it was, and it didn't hit me, but I was a, you know, I was a gunner. We was actually doing a, we were the only army truck with the Marines, but in this situation, it was another unit that needed one more gun truck. Mm. So. My high speed lieutenant at the time was like, Yeah, we'll do it. You know, Hirsch, go ahead and get, you know, mount up, da 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 da. And we started going um, to Baghdad and going, we was on the highway and people would come over because EOD was always cleaning, you know, sweeping for IEDs and whatnot. Oh, okay, That's okay, what okay. their job was. And there was an area. And as we pulled over for the oncoming, convoy to come as they was coming up like we legit had just pulled over and was being courteous to let this other unit come through, through. id went off three vehicles up for me i'm in the gun hatch i don't have the seat because i can't sit down i'm too short yeah, so yeah. i'm standing up and i automatically turn my 240 and i'm skimming you know trying yeah. to figure out what's going on and making sure you know we're not trying to get ambushed from right. the side or whatnot because that's what my job was I feel people trying to pull my legs down, trying to get me in. I'm get like, your ass <laughs> but you get caught, you know what I mean? And then once we got to Baghdad, so if y'all would have kept, going, it would have been us. That would have been y'all. It would have been us. Wow. It would have been us. But it didn't dawn on me, right? Until we finished, right? I, we, and then you had the dog on, and now that shit keeps replaying in your head. Yeah. You know what I'm it saying? does. Tune in next week for part two of this episode of the Hershey Show on 8 Robinsons TV. Hosted by Hershey, Felicia, and Kimal White. Be sure to log on to YouTube.com and subscribe to the Hershey Show at T A T H E R S H Y T S H O W. Brought to you by 8 Robinsons TV and Yellow Tub Creative.